your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 259 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood, and your Ottawa Senators are streaking. My God, the 6-1 beatdown of the Calgary Flames, their latest on this win streak that pushes their record to 7-14-1. But as the sicko mode was bumping through CTC last night, the news after the game was not as fun. Uh, Brian Fraser, a Send Central citizen on this show and loved by many, not only on Sen's Twitter, but in the community of Ottawa as a technical producer at CFRA. And uh, it, was, it was terrible news. We knew it was coming. He was very open about his story with leukemia, and he passed away last night at the age of 26. But he was literally the most passionate sports fan we know. He told us he listened to this show. So we're going to bring passion. We're going to bring energy for Brian. And what better way was that personified than Austin Watson laying out to block a shot up 6-1 in the third period of that game. We're going to get into all of our Sen Central standouts, lots of what's to come. Like this Calgary team, talk about being in a bit of a mess. So we're going to break that all down. There's also a bit of waiver news. Philip Schlappick, uh terminated contract. We'll get Pilsy's take on all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Friday, February 26th, and Pilsy, are the Ottawa Senators actually good? They might be too good, Ross. I mean, did anyone expect a 6-1 beatdown of the Calgary Flames in their very first matchup of the season? That was an incredible game, and look out. These Sens are rolling. Three straight wins, winning five of the last seven games. Ross, do you even remember? It seems like a distant dream, that 2-12-1 season start. Those are a different Ottawa Senators. This Ottawa Senators team is hot. The young guys are rolling and they're not afraid of anyone. And that was their biggest win since opening night. All their other wins have been one goal games. How about a five goal win? That's how you do it. Well, even the opening night game was a 5-3 final. So only by two. This time they left no doubt and it started early again. So now in back-to-back games, Ottawa has opened the scoring. And last night it was Drizzy Drake Batherson. Because the streak wasn't long enough at eight. They had to make it nine straight goals scored by a player 22 years or younger. That ended up being the second longest streak in National Hockey League history. It was ended by 28-year-old guy grew up playing against Eric Goodbranson, who became one of the list keeps growing. We tweeted out uh, asking how many Ottawa natives have scored a goal for the Senators. Really cool. Goody getting his first in his home rink that he went to grow up watching games at. Always a cool moment. So the list is growing, but Pilsy, let me throw out some names. Mark Mathot, Todd White, Luke Richardson, Cody Cece, Mark Borvietsky, Brendan Bell, Randy Robitaille, Brad Smith, the shooter, Max Verono, Jamie Rivers, and Scott Sabrin. How's that for a list to be added to for Eric and Branson? 
hey, Goody will be happy to be added to any goal list because that was his, his first goal in a long time. The guy doesn't score a lot of goals. so And it was a beauty. Yeah, top shelf. He waits for the screen. I think that's a nice play by Goody because normally you just puck on your stick at the point. Let's get rid of it, get it on net. But he was patient and he waited for that screen and there was no chance for big save Dave there to make any kind of save. You know how fans are always yelling shoot in the building? I think on that play, fans would have been yelling pass because Branstrom was open on the other side. You're like, get Branstrom the puck at the offensive blue line. But no, get Branson showing patience and then a laser. That pair didn't play much at five on five, but they were both plus three. A great game. Both of them were sent central standouts. We're going to get to the rest of those later, but I love going through the game chronologically because you just get the flow of it. And after the first period, you know, the Sens are feeling good. They dominated. The shots were 13 to five until five minutes left in the period. It was two nothing on the scoreboard and the Flames only had two shots on goal. So what a defensive aspect. You have to pump the brakes in the sense though, Pilsy, the Calgary came off an overtime game the night before in a different city. So they had travel implications, which we're not seeing as much this year. But in years past, you know that that does affect the uh, the legs, even though it was just a 40-minute flight from Toronto. But the, the Flames, they came out buzzing in the second period and got on the scoreboard early. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, the most important thing to add about the, the Flames travel schedule here is David Riddick, three games in four nights, one of them including an OT game the night before. So this is a tired goalie. They did not put him in a position to succeed, that's for sure. Not quite three games, Spilsey. <laughs> yes, yes. He started in three games. He, <laughs> he didn't finish them off. But uh, yeah, that was a tough one for Dave Riddick for sure. But I think the Ottawa Senators, they got off to a good start. They had the lead and they played responsibly with it. I think that's the big thing there. Like sure, Lucic got that goal, but that's that was a quick bang, bang play. Matt Murray, he would have had that, I think, if Mike Riley and this, I know exactly what Matt Murray said to Mike Riley after that, like, because Riley was in front of him. And then right as the shot gets taken, he moves out of the way. So Matt Murray's first off, he's like, okay, I got to get my sight lines around Mike Riley. He's in front of me. He doesn't realize it. So he's probably looking left, right, trying to look. And then Mike Riley totally moves. And then that distracts you. And then the puck's behind the net. And if you're Matt Murray, you're just like, holy crap, man, stay in one spot. Like if you're going to stay in front of me, stay in front of me so I can look around you. Don't don't then move to where I'm trying to look around you. Like I can't be letting Milan Lucic get these squeakers through me all season. You got to be better than that, Mike Riley. Even then though, when the puck comes to Lucic, it does kind of squeak five hole, but no worse for wear. Matt Murray bounced back, but to, to make matters better for Ottawa, it's 2-1 at that point. You're like, okay, have, has Calgary found their legs? I'm sure Jeff Ward gave them a tongue lashing the coach of Calgary in the locker room between those periods. Is there a smarter player on this Ottawa team than Connor Brown? Just his takeaways defensively, this time giving himself a partial breakaway. And yes, I know, Sens fans, you're nervous at that point. But backhand shelf, what a beauty from Connor Brown to make it 3-1. Yeah, an absolute beauty. And the the real play there, the Connor Brown-esque play there, is turning that puck over. Two Flames players had a chance to get rid of that puck, but Connor Brown jumps them. He's aggressive on the forecheck. He gets rewarded with the loose puck. He goes right to the net. And Ross, you know why I think he scored on that partial breakaway? is because he didn't have time to realize he was on a breakaway, didn't grip the stick too tight, and didn't say, okay, let me not stick handle and not change the angle and shoot it at the goalie's blocker here. That thought process, he didn't have time for that this time, and he just reacted on instinct and got a backhander in the net there. And 
I don't, he didn't look very excited about that one. Like, I guess you're the, you're running up the score at that point, but it's just funny. He just kind of kept skating through his, his uh, glides there and just kind of not even high fives, no smile, but whatever. Connor Brown getting the puck in the net. That's what you love to see for sure. Connor Brown's fifth goal of the year unassisted as he forced that turnover. And it was the first of two unassisted goals on the evening in the period that ultimately chased David Riddich. Pilsy, does Eric Branstrom get enough credit for the smarts on this play, or is this just a stinker from Riddich outside the blue line? Well, I'm if if Branstrom hasn't been getting the credit, I'm going to give him the credit right now because that's a play Nick Paul was battling with the puck right at the blue line. He loses that puck battle. The puck slowly goes out to Branstrom. And what Branstrom does here, I like this. You got two options here. You can ring it around the boards as hard as you can and hope that uh, forward on the right wing is going to be there to pick it up and then you're going to make a nice uh, dump and chase scenario there. Or you can try to get it on net to either just create some sort of offense or get Riddick to swallow that puck and then you got a face off there. But what I like about Brandstrom is he waits for the Calgary Flames defenseman to get in the way of Riddick. So now not only is Riddick dealing with a kind of knuckle puck slap shot, it was, it was bobbling a little, but also he's got a defenseman in the screen. And if you're David, David Riddick in that situation, Ross as attendee, you know, this on the long shots, you're so nervous about that because any bounce, any kind of redirection can make you look silly. But what Riddick doesn't do there is on a long shot, you can't be trying to save the puck. You have to make the puck hit you. And he lets it get through the inside of his arms because he's trying to save that. You need to have your chest fully over and let that hit that big C crest on your chest. And then you've got it. So I think at that point, uh, Noodles already talked about it. It looked like he was struggling to pick up the puck on those uh, those shots. Mike Riley had a shot that Riddick threw his shoulder into late and it ended up looking like a nice scoring chance. So at that point, if you're Jeff Ward, you know Riddick just doesn't have it tonight and you have to make a switch. And that's exactly what they did. Ottawa going to the second period intermission with a 4-1 lead. And if this game wasn't black and white enough, Colin White made it very clear with a pair of goals in the third period, both assisted by Thomas Shabbat, Nick Paul getting on the score sheet with an assist on White's first of two. So don't look now, but Colin White heating up as well. This team just seems like they're firing on all cylinders, and if it's a different guy every night. So Colin White had the two goals, but otherwise four different goal scorers for Ottawa. This is just, they're, they're really gelling as a team, and you're starting to think, wow, maybe the extra layoff, again, the only team in the North Division not invited to the return to play, and they're starting to heat up now after a 2-12 and one start. Dare I say rest is a weapon? P word? No, 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 no. P, we're not ready for the P word yet. Uh, we can get into that. But I want to talk about those Colin White goals. I don't want to just skip over them. And you know me. I'm not going to talk about the goals. I'm going to talk about the, the assists that led to it. And that first one, Nick Paul just doing Nick Paul things. He chips, chips the puck into the zone, dump and chase by himself. He beats his man to it, retrieves it, and gets it to Colin White for... That was that was a weak goal that uh, um, Magmadulin is that his name? Yeah, Ar- Zagadulin. Zagadulin. Oh man, I almost had that one. One uh, of three Artems in the game. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Artems happening there for sure. But that's a goal that happens because I think Noah Hanfin got a piece of it, and that slowed that puck right down. And he was not ready for that slow shot, and it squeaks through him. Now the second Colin White goal. 
How about Thomas Shabbat pinching in the zone? Evgeny Dadanov has the puck in the corner. And who's right beside him but Thomas Shabbat behind the net? He scoops it up and gets it right to Colin White. And that's a great play by Colin White, too, because he gets knocked on his ass uh, five seconds later. And instead of kind of shaking it off and being slow, he, he notices the puck's in the corner and goes right to the net and gets rewarded with it. Great pass by Thomas Shabbat there. And Whitey, like you said, starting to heat up with two goals. He's... Like, we thought we were going to have to look at Colin White and be like, okay, this guy isn't going to rack up points. He's going to be a third-line, two-way center. But he's still showing that he can get himself in places to score, and he can bury it in front of the net. So, great on Colin White. I love seeing that he keeps his, uh, to use the Lee Martians, Senator Stocks. That stock seems to be going all the way up. That is a That is a bullish stock for sure. Keep looking for those green numbers on Colin White fantastic game all around one of the most complete games and i mentioned off the top what about austin watson blocking that shot laying out in a 6-1 game that just shows you how hard these guys are playing for dj smith oh yeah totally and for each other right like this is a team flames fans if you're listening i hope to not to trigger you but haley talked about it like that Calgary Flames team is not playing for each other right now. There's no battle. There's no emotion. I've never seen a team look so stale like that. Like what, what exciting offense did they produce? I mean, Monaghan had a couple chances in close at near the start of the game. He hit the post, but other than that, they didn't really generate anything. So I, I'm glad the, the Sens were able to beat up on them 6-1. And what a way to make your impression in Calgary. Woo! Yeah, quick turnaround too. 1 p.m. starts Saturday, the second of three games in this series. Then it'll be one game in Montreal before two more against the Flames in Calgary. If you've been betting on the Ottawa Senators through this streak, you are up so much money. I've been putting $25 on them every single game just for fun. And I only started it about two weeks ago, so I hopped on at the right time. It's not too late, though. This team is heating up, and you can too. And go to betonline.ag for all the best odds and the one place that has you covered the one place we trust here on the locked on podcast network. It's betonline.ag. We want you to be a part of the action. That's why we're offering a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do, you go to betonline.ag. You sign up for a free account. And then when you put in your first deposit, you hit the promo code button and put in locked on bingo, bango bongo in your account, 50% welcome bonus right there right at your fingertips. And what are you going to use that extra money for? That free play dough? You got to convert it into real money somehow. And this is how. You listen to Pillsy's Parlay of the Day, and he's got you covered. What you might want to do is put half a unit on the parlay and then a full unit on each part of his parlay. That way, you spread it out. You diversify your portfolio. And then you sit back and you watch the profits mount up. Pillsy, what's the parlay of the day today? Well, unfortunately, the Senators have been hot, but Pillsy's parlay of the day has been a little bit cold. And Ross, we got to talk to the people at betonline.ag. Every time you win a bet, they got to get a recording of you going bingo, bango, bongo. Like, <laughs> how satisfying would that be? You bet sends money line. And as soon as the game's over, Ross Levitan pops on your phone. Bingo, bango, bongo, money. I love that. Let's get that going for sure. So, Hey, we should say, if you do want to hear us after the games, head over to Locked On NHL on Twitter. They're doing great little post-game clips. Pilsy and I are alternating games and just like quick one-minute hits on a post-game coverage. And uh, lots of local experts on the biggest stories are are putting those in. So head over to Locked On NHL, right? Have that in one tab and then bang, 
betonline.ag so you can follow along with Pillsy's parlay of the day and the other. Absolutely. Yeah. Good call mentioning that because it's, man, we're so dialed into the North Division. It's so nice to have the whole locked on community give you quick minute updates about how the teams in the States are doing. So definitely recommend that. Now, Pillsy's parlay of the day, classic NHL, a million games one night, only a few the next <laughs> night. So we're going to work at the with, same time. Yeah. 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 Seriously. We're going to, we're going to work with this. Boston Bruins, they let me down last night. Uh, I did my own personal Pillsy's parlay of the day, the classic Bruins Tampa Bay Lightning money line. That did not work out for me. The Bruins got destroyed by the Islanders, but they're heading over to a weaker part of New York. And I'm saying weaker because Panarin is still not with the Rangers. So I'm taking the Bruins money line. They're not going to want to be embarrassed again. And they have an advantage over the Rangers here. Bruins money line minus 165. Then Colorado Avalanche, same thing. They were the ones that let me down on my three-team parlay a little while ago, but I think they can beat these Arizona Coyotes. They're going to want to bounce back here. Nathan McKinnon is back. He's feeling it. So Colorado Avalanche minus 170 money line. Combine those two, bet $10, and you're going to win $15.51. I don't love this one, but we're going with clear-cut favorites here, so it should happen for us. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get yourself into the action and go to the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. It's betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy. So our Send Central standouts in a 6 1 blowout victory. And no, when you're listening to this, Jeff Ward has not been fired yet, but the Send Sickos are on the way. Stick taps to Alex Marchand, the Sends DJ. Fans can't be in the building, but what a special moment for one of our Send Central citizens, James Mellish. He was, uh, he's been killing the parody game for a while now, like way back from before the draft. But this Send Sicko anthem is just hilarious. Go give it a listen. Head over. Silver Seeker MTG is where you can find James on Twitter. So those are a couple standouts. Also, a couple more to add. I mentioned Erica Branson. He's actually the 11th Ottawa native to score a goal. For the Senators, we forgot names like Matt Karkner. How about that for a throwback name? Pilsy, a lot of these names are defensemen. I thought that was kind of interesting. Also, Steve Martins and Sens development coach Jesse Winchester can be added to that list. But who else stood out to you in last night's game? Lots to choose from. Well, I can't believe we've gone how many minutes into this podcast of Flame Sens. And we I don't think we've mentioned the name Kachuk once. Shame he- on us. Because zero penalties in a game? Yeah, yeah, that's a weird one. I'd like to, someone, a listener needs to go back and try to find the last time the Sens played in a strictly five-on-five game. That's crazy. I can't remember the last time that happened, especially with two Kachucks. And I mean, like, if you're the Calgary Flames, you're getting beat down. You're getting embarrassed six to one, and there's no animosity. Well, I guess Goudreau and Monaghan got their wish. No battle. Have fun with that. Um, anyways, so my Sun Central standout gotta be Brady Kachuk. If you if you guys are sitting there at betonline.ag before the game, trying to sprinkle some cash, trying to sprinkle some money to get a sure bet, you gotta hammer Brady Kachuk shots over three and a half. Sure, it's usually a minus odd, but anytime he's going up against his brother, you know that's happening. And how about last night's game? Six shots and nine hits. 
no goals, which is crazy. He almost played 20 minutes, but he had a couple of really good chances. But Brady Kachuk was uh, was my guy, especially after that clip of Haley saying the Flames don't like Kachuk bringing them into the battle. Well, Brady brought his team into the battle and he didn't even score any points, no goals, no assists, but he still can lead his team to fight like that. And that's what happened here. Like I, this, this whole narrative that the Flames don't want to be dragged into battles is, is almost laughable for me. Like you're in the wrong sport guys. Sorry. Like maybe try soccer or badminton, but if you don't want to be dragged into battles, you shouldn't be playing ice hockey. That's for damn sure. No doubt. Brady Kachuk was named the first star in the building. And just looking at his hockey ref, he is scored. He has had two shots on goal in five games this year. Never less. He's never had one shot or, or held off the shot board. It's, it's actually super impressive and he only had one game this year where he did not record a hit and i remember us mentioning like huh that's kind of strange nine that's the second most in a single game this year against vancouver earlier had 12 hits in, oh, in a single man. game what the way brady goes this team goes and uh if you even fan, said that before the game like what what bigger kind of praise when your older brother is saying before the game yeah man it's so awesome how in ottawa the team plays and ride and dies with brady but me i guess that's a problem here wow i'm really excited to see how this situation in calgary unfolds no standouts on that team in yesterday's game but i've got a couple more that i want to highlight from an ottawa perspective tim stutzla again this guy, you can just see it in the way he's shifty on the ice. You see that little toe drag he pulled off in the offensive zone? Goes right around a defender. It's it's just never ending with him. I mentioned Austin Watson. He deserves praise, not only for that block shot. I thought he was all over the ice on his 14 minutes and 22 seconds. I mean, how many That's times? like double his average. That's, that's pretty crazy for Watson to get up there. Yeah, love that. He was a plus one. And then your boy, I'll let you feature Nick Paul, but that guy is just a machine on the ice yeah the nick paul machine just keeps going and it's a fine-tuned machine like this guy every single game you could mention one or two good things about nick paul like i just i loved that dump and chase that he did like he it's incredible what he's able to do by himself in the offensive zone like he's able to keep defenders off of him he's able to draw guys towards him and keep the puck and create offense like this guy is like that's your line change machine like you, you need to get four guys off. Just give Nick Paul the puck and do it. He'll get it done for sure. And he had a nice assist also in this game. He had a couple good offensive chances. Like Nick Paul is looking great. That's that's my guy. And I, I would love to see, I know the captain talk is uh, is definitely hot of late, but I would love to see in the future, Nick Paul be a part of this leadership group wearing an A because he's really shown the rest of the Sens prospects that you, if you work hard, you can get here. And I think Drake Batherson has kind of benefited from that too, right? He's been a guy that he didn't, it didn't work out for him right away, but now he's really doing well. And we're not going to forget a guy like Eric Branstrom too. This guy is so efficient with the little amount of ice time he gets. It's insane what he's able to do. Obviously that goal is a weird one. And how funny is it? I praise Branstrom for how he's able to squeak wrist shots through. And then he just blasts one from outside the blue line and scores. So this kid can do it all. Uh, I've been really excited with his play. And anytime he touches the puck, you can see that uh, kind of the gears get going in his head and he's really able to go coast to coast, just like Timmy Stutzel. Like anytime that puck lands on number 18's weird tape job on his stick, there's a chance for offense and he's going to create something exciting. Like these young guys are really popping lately.
Are you nervous about Brandstrom's ice time and deployment? Do you think that he's still struggling to earn the trust of DJ Smith? Only played 12.05 last night, and that's the least among all Senators defensemen. No, I'm not nervous because, like I said, he still performs in that ice time that he gets. He's he's better off to be sheltered, kind of getting a lot of his ice time on the power play. That's where he excels. And you're looking at a young defenseman that's only like five foot ten. Like you, you can't really be throwing him out there too much. So I think the ice time that he's getting is good. And I think we're going to see that kind of slowly uptick each game, each game. It's going to get more like what what's the point of just just getting him out there for 20, 21 minutes and he doesn't perform well, right? Like put these guys into positions to succeed. And I think that's what DJ Smith is doing here. Speaking of over 20 minutes, Artem Zub for the first time in his NHL career cracks 20 minutes. He was on the ice for 2130 and he was a plus two. So Artem Zub continuing his steady game, staying with Nikita Zaitsev, 22:45. This guy is just, he, he's the minute muncher that I think the Sens thought they were getting in Cody Cece. You don't notice him. And it's a good thing. One guy you do notice, and we're basically shedding out the whole decor because they had a fantastic game as a whole, is Thomas Shabbat. Multi-point game, three hits, and played 24-17 the most on this team. So lots to like for the Senators. We mentioned they're back in action sooner rather than later. And they don't need to go far, but they do need to drive to and from the rink. And they got to make sure their car's working well. That's why they're going to rockauto.com because it's a family business that serves auto parts to customers online. And they've been doing it for 20 years. They go to rockauto.com. They shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And you can too, because rockauto.com has everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get your new carpet there. And whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck just put Locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know that we sent you reliable selection. The lowest prices. It's rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy, some lineup shuffling both yesterday and throughout the morning. Now Logan Brown promoted to the taxi squad. Although I thought Artem and Isimov actually played a pretty decent game last night. We'll see how that shakes out because they keep saying, Oh, Logan Brown, like he needs to get up to speed and, it's just the, the never-ending circle of struggle with Logan Brown, trying to come back from injury, hasn't played in a long time, and then they don't trust him in the lineup. And then when they do, he's not the fastest guy out there already. It's just, you know, it's the internal struggle. So we'll see how Logan Brown shakes out. One guy we know won't be on Belleville or Ottawa anymore is Philip Schlappick. We'll find out soon. It's 1130 as we're recording right now. At the top of the hour, we assume that he will clear waivers because he's not on normal waivers. He's on waivers with the purpose of a mutual termination of his contract pills is that surprising news for you shocking <laughs> i mean why what like this is a guy you you have on basically an ahl contract 
He's either going to play taxi squad or at the most get plugged into a lineup once in a while, or he's going to be in Belleville. And he's still a young prospect with a, a good amount of talent. Like this is a guy who we kind of pegged as a fringe NHLer at a young age. And they've invested a lot of time into Philip Schlappick. And with, with the departure of Rudy Balsers, it really seemed like this was going to be Schlappick's time to shine in, in that kind of fringe NHLer left wing center position role. And when you're looking at a team in Belleville that got outscored like a bajillion to, to six in their first four games up against Laval, isn't that the kind of guy you want in Belleville? And with the injury problems that Belleville's having, Logan Brown, uh, Dezingle's still in quarantine, uh, Derek Stepan out long-term, like, isn't that the kind of guy you want as, as like a, a black ace up your sleeve, right? So I'm just dumbfounded by this move, honestly. Like, th- I don't see a single angle other than it is your Ottawa Senators, so dollars and cents. But still, I think this is going to be a major detriment to this Belleville team because also, Ross, we're losing two more players in Ridley Gregg and Cole Reinhardt very soon here. Like, this Belleville roster, we thought they were going to be great. Then we thought they were going to be good. I'm not sure if they're going to be mediocre once they get back on the ice here. I mean, Philip Schlappick, he he's shown at the NHL level. He can be a good bottom line player. He, I thought he did a fantastic job of alternating the way he played to a more physical style that would fit in a bottom six role. Because let's face it, the second round pedigree wasn't going to translate into NHL success. The numbers he put up in junior, 91 points in Charlottetown in the queue in his final year junior with 98 penalty minutes to match. That that's long gone, right? But he was okay in Belleville last year. I thought his best year was Belleville's first year when he led the team in scoring, albeit with 32 points, not like they had the most success. But I think there's also something to say that even in Belleville last year, he was a minus player. And I thought that in itself is a little surprising. This is a Belleville team that beat the beat the wheels off of many of their opponents. So I think that it's more of a situation that he didn't feel like riding the bus and living this pandemic life. And honestly, I don't blame him when there's definitely a spot for him with Sparta Prague, the team he played for during the lockout. He's in his home country, close to family. I think that can't be undersold. The fact that being across the pond from family in an uncertain and maybe not unfamiliar, he's been in the organization for a few years, but there's so much uncertainty going on. If that's the reason, I don't blame him and I don't blame the team for wanting to open up that roster spot and really give him that opportunity. Yeah, and I mean, I guess uh, if you're looking at it from Schlappick's side, yes, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't, I don't know if you're the Senators. I really think you you ride the rest of this year out, unless yeah, like you're do, like you're saying, it's a kind of a a gesture of good faith. Like we, you've been a good prospect. Things just didn't work out. Here you go. You're going to get a chance somewhere else. But I think this is going to be a major detriment to this Belleville team once those WHL guys get going. So uh, I think if this was kind of a gesture of good faith, good on the Ottawa Senators. They don't often do that. But I think it's going to come back to bite them in the butt because even if Schlappick, they've decided mutually that he's not going to be in a long-term guy for them, you need those players to support your young stars in Belleville. So this is an interesting move, and it's too bad things didn't work out with Schlappy. Yeah, I mentioned a 2015 second-round pick. So he's been in the organization for six years now. I remember watching him at the World Juniors when he was with the Czech Republic and being uh, hopeful that that would translate to the NHL didn't happen. And uh, we wish him all the best though. He was, uh, he was a trooper with Ottawa and he had that great signing photo eh? with the, uh, with the antlers on the wall. He had the mustache going uh, when he signed that one year ticket this year. So that's slappy. And 
Now he's probably going back to the Czech Republic, but we'll find out sooner and later. You can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. We'll be sure to uh, be up to the minute on what's going on with Schlappick, if he got claimed, if he's going to the Czech Republic and whatnot. But let's be honest, the writing was on the wall when Michael Michael Pekka, we keep doing it gotcha. when, Math, when Matthew Pekka uh, got an opportunity. But, man, quickly a note on his game. It's He's a water bug. I like his game. Yep, I'm a big Matthew Pekka fan. M Pekka, any M Pekka, I'm a fan <laughs> of. I was a Mike, Mike Pekka was one of my favorite players when I was a Buffalo Sabres fan. When uh, he was along with Hasek, I absolutely loved him. But what I want to say about Matthew Pekka quickly is, you know, when this guy's on the ice, not only his long flow that makes it obvious and a and a weird number in the fifties, but you can tell there's a fourth line. Two of those guys have NHL jobs. One of those guys is fighting for one. And that's Pekka. Like he goes so hard for loose pucks in the corner. He, when he finishes a check, he finishes his check. When he's back checking, he's hustling out there. Like, that's what I love to see. Like this guy, I mean, man, Matthew Pekka, like you said, he's a big reason probably why things didn't work out with Schlappy. Schlappy got that one chance in Matthew Pekka's spot, didn't capitalize. And Matthew Pekka got the chance and he's proven himself. So definitely I like that pickup. I still would have loved to see what could have worked out with Jace Howerchuck, but or Howerluck, but um, Matthew Pekka has been a good signing for sure for that fourth line. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup again on Saturday. We're going to do a quick preview of that game. One other thing though, you're going to see all these roster moves and much of it is for money reasons. I don't blame the senators. They're in a pandemic. They haven't had as nearly the revenue that they would in a normal year. So for example, Branstrom has goals in back-to-back games. He was placed on the taxi squad. He'll be back tomorrow. So enough with the panic. It's all good. And I don't think this is going to hurt them in contract negotiations or whatnot. I mean, I think it's just time to take a deep breath and allow the uh, the business side of the game to operate. You always hear players say, oh, I realized it was a business. Well, yeah, it is, frankly. So they're saving about $7,000 every day they put him down onto the taxi squad. I mean, that adds up o- over time. Think of how many tickets that is, but uh, hopefully one day we're all storming the CTC as the sickos we are and um, are able to, to really add to this revenue and make sure the Sens are spending to the cap when it's time for unparalleled success. But success has to start somewhere, and the Ottawa Senators have an opportunity for their fourth win in a row, and that would be their first four-game win streak, Pilsy, since 2017 i believe we were at one of those games you parley and myself when they beat the new york rangers before heading into that playoff run it sure sure was so so there's an opportunity there it's their first three game winning streak since november 22nd of 2019 but can they make it four let's find out and let's lock on to some players because we're going to record tomorrow's episode following the matinee who are you locked on to in this second game against calgary well, I'm going to be locked on to Drake Batherson. Like this is how about four game point streak, four game goal streak. Four, goal streak also. Yeah, exactly. Two of those games with a goal and assist. And in the last six games, he's got five goals. He had one game where he didn't score, but the game before he got it. So Drake Batherson, it's bath time. He's looking squeaky clean lately. And he he's confident. Like, I think that's the big difference is he always knew he could do it, but he, he wasn't getting rewarded. Now he's getting rewarded and he's like, damn, like I'm feeling it. Like he's making nice plays. I really liked, uh, I didn't talk again, me getting on the assist, but Timmy Stutzler's assist on that goal, I think was a planned play. He got that shot low enough 
that it was going to hit the pad, but high enough that it wasn't able to be stopped by Riddick's stick and just covered. So he knew he got that bounce. And when he saw Drake Batherson on that far side, I think that was a set play and it worked perfectly. Drake Batherson and Tim Stutzla have looked like, uh, to use <laughs> to use uh, Timmy Stutzla's term, Brutus brothers in Germany. And uh, they, they've been looking good together. And I want to keep those two together. Whoever is in between them, I think doesn't really matter. But those two together, they're clicking. Yeah, fantastic. As I mentioned, Artem Anisimov did a fine job in between them yesterday. I thought that was a nice play to start the uh, the rush that ended in Batherson's first goal of, of the game. So uh, stick taps to, to that entire line. No changes, by the way, as the Senators are on the ice for practice right now. Logan Brown is skating with Michael Haley on the fifth line, and there's nine defensemen on the ice because Will Landon's still out there. Kind of forgotten, but hey, he had a bit of a rough stretch. So I think they're working on his skill development. He's been out there after practice, and We'll see him in due time for sure. So my locked on player for tomorrow's game is going to be Colin White. Can he keep the ball rolling following a two goal performance? That line seems to have taken turns producing offensively. Dadnov against Toronto. He had that streak of four goals in five games. Nick Paul has been the most consistent member, but can Colin White get going offensively now? I hope so. And we're going to find out tomorrow. So Colin White is my locked on player. I'm going to look out. For Sean Monahan and Johnny Goudreau, simply because I didn't notice them once in last night's game. Maybe that's the way they like to play. Who knows? But I'm going to be looking out for them with a magnifying glass just so I can find them, Pilsy. Who are you lo- looking out for? Well, actually, I thought Monahan had, had two okay chances. Uh, Bransom had a turnover behind the net that Monahan gets, and then near the start of the game, he hits the post. But uh, Goudreau was completely invisible i didn't even know he was playing honestly and he's supposed to be the like you're johnny hockey and i don't notice you playing hockey that's not good they both played over 20 minutes so to say you didn't notice them that's tough but really it was the backland dube and lucic line that was awful dash three yeah yeah other than that scoring the only goal definitely it was tough lucic gave a lot of turnover so i'm not putting all that on uh on the rest of their line mates because if you look at the condensed game highlights lucic is the one that flips that puck over to the sends in a couple scenarios so that is well backland backland is who connor brown stripped to the puck coming out of his own zone for the goal too yep yep so good job on the sends uh pouncing on those chances i'm gonna go the opposite side of the coin i'm gonna be watching matthew kachuk because i was watching him he had a couple decent chances but uh and i was on uh the post game show with the new era sends podcast go check those guys out if you haven't already and we were talking like matthew kachuk that's a guy you anticipate is on the bench chirping he's talking to teammates constantly he's joking around you didn't see any of that last night i didn't see him even chatting with another Flames player. I didn't see him sitting close to a Flames player. I didn't see him chirping on the bench. I didn't see him smiling. I didn't see any sort of emotion out of Matthew Kachuk. So they're really numbing him down over there. And that's not good for his style of play. So I'm going to be looking out for Matthew Kachuk because he's a guy that wants to, sometimes he gets himself going and maybe he'll try to do that in the afternoon noon game up against the Sens. But I'm really liking the Senators chances in this afternoon game up against the Flames. So Keep an eye on betonline.ag for those nice sends odds. As a, kind of an amendment to the keys to victory, I'm just going to say play with the passion that Brian Fraser would want this team to play on Saturday. We heard the, the heartbreaking, gut-wrenching news. Uh, his father, Rick Fraser, tweeting out that Brian passed away peacefully last night following the game. It was kind of a nice touch that he put in that tweet saying that uh, the Sens got that final win for uh, for Brian and 
Uh, just the most passionate fan. Uh, I might retweet. I don't want to do it right away just because I don't want it to seem like we're trying to get clicks on an episode or anything, but go back and listen to Brian's episode with us as a Sen central citizen. This guy was, he's a sports encyclopedia and we were talking about it uh, right after we recorded with him, just the, the battle that he had and to still just be so open about it and still wanting to share so many memories of, of his time as a Sens fan. And we dove into a few playoff series that he remembered and really just a, a real light in, uh, in this Sens community. So uh, we never got the chance to meet him except for virtually on, on a zoom call, which I mean is very 2020, but um, man, just the condolences to his family, 26 years old, man. And um, leukemia, just fuck cancer. I think it's the first F-bomb we've ever dropped on this show, but I think it's an appropriate time for it because, uh, man, that is far too young for a guy who just had such a bright future. Absolutely. Yeah, well said, Ross. And, man, it's tough because I'm 27, you're 28, Ross. He's 26. Like, that's that's cut too short. And, look, like Ross said, we never got a chance to meet him. But I think during this pandemic, especially doing a daily Sens podcast without Sens hockey, you really get a, a sense of the, the Sens community. And sure, maybe we don't know all each other face to face, but you heard Haley talk about it, right? She was someone who was only here for uh, less than two seasons, and she really misses the kind of camaraderie and the passion of Sens fans. And we had him on our, on our show, and he was still struggling at that time. Like we had to stop the interview a couple of times because nurses had to come in and check on him and uh, do various things to make sure he's doing okay. And for a guy that has to wake up in the morning and the first thing he has to do is deal with doctors and nurses and stuff. He just, he was just so pleasant to talk with. And anytime someone surprises you Ross with their sentence encyclopedia mind, I'm always shocked. He was he was given play-by-plays of goals that happened years ago and he was dead on. Like I remember you being shocked, just <laughs> looking at the games he's talking about being like, you're exactly right. Like you nailed this box sheet score. Like it's insane. Yeah. It was a game. It, it was the first ever game. He told us he went to, it was a game against the Atlanta thrashers. I want to say he's like, it was five, three and this guy scored two goals and this guy had one. I was like, man, Oh man. Like just what, what a gift. And as we're talking about him, Pilsy, what a great move. I already mentioned the sensor in the middle of practice. They just tweeted out a photo uh, with the caption for Brian. And it's the whole team, coaches, everybody gathered at center ice with their sticks raised up to the to the rafters. So that's just awesome. You just uh, uh, you just love to see it. This is a team of destiny now. Like you have you have so many angels looking down from Brian Murray, uh, even Ray Emery and Jonathan Petra, Mark Reeds, and and now Brian Fraser. So a, a huge void to the sense community to to really just the, the sense Twitter world that's so active and so positive. Uh, and he was a, a real light of that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, look, we, we didn't know him very well. Uh, to be honest, we kind of only really connected uh, the last couple, six months or so. And we had that one zoom meeting with him, but there there's people that you can just really tell that they touched a lot of lives, you know, like it's, it's very clear that the Sens community was very hurt by this. And I really enjoyed reading about uh, Stuntman Stu, another friend, uh, guest of this show, because he struggled with cancer as well, actually at the same time, uh, same hospital as Brian too. And he really talked about how this is a, a young kid that gave him strength through times like that. And just imagine a guy at his weakest point, giving other people strength. Like that's just incredible. Like I don't even know the guy and I'm getting teary eyed here. Like it's, I just feel so bad for that family because this is this is a tough time for everyone as it is. And 
to lose someone as as passionate and seemingly friendly as Brian is just so tough. So rest in peace, Brian Fraser, for sure. And it's just too bad he couldn't finish the rest of this season because I think the Sens really would have made him proud and just thinking of his friends and family for sure at this time. Hey, well said, Pilsy. Well said. And I would encourage everyone to go read Stuntman Stu's uh, tribute. They they spent time in, in the hospital together uh, as Stuntman Stu was battling uh, cancer as well. And uh, so, yeah, our, our wishes are with the family and and with the uh, with the Fraser community and and the Brockville Ottawa community. I mean to say, and as as we talked with Haley, like we've got this money on the board right now, and uh, let's cheer for a lot of Kachuk goals and maybe a tilt or two, not against each other. As Matt Kachuk uh, said, anyone who thinks that's an idiot, and I'm sure Brian would have the same um, the same comments. He was always uh, quick witted on Twitter with a chirp here and there, and um, so we're we're really looking forward to this series and and hoping to uh, to raise a lot of great money for Canada's bloodlines, which is uh, for blood donation, which is a, a cause that's very near and dear to Brian's heart, and it's something that uh, his memory will always live on uh, and just the the story of of his strength and his bravery to tackle such a a difficult situation with that sort of courage is is commendable so uh we're thinking about the family and uh and this is going to be a team of destiny for brian so we're going to be back tomorrow uh, after the game we'll have our send central citizen and we're going to again this team yes they're rebuilding but Let's let's get a few wins here for Brian, and that's that's what he would have loved to have seen. So for Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.